0: Hello and welcome back to Film Review Weekly. It has been a while since we have done another one of these podcasts. Uh, Taylor and I went overseas. That's essentially the answer <laughs> of why we haven't done one in a while. Is we went overseas and uh, it was very difficult for us to record. My name is Jacob London and I am, of course, joined by my wonderful panel. Taylor Robinson, how are you?
1: I'm great. I'm I'm glad to be back. We did go overseas. I can confirm that that happened, and we did record one episode while we were there. And then things got a bit hectic, and then there was a lot of traveling, and it just kind of got away from us. But I'm very excited to be back and uh, doing a little bit of a review of the films that we got last year that uh, that have stuck with us and that we're we're looking forward to talking about. At least I am. I'm very excited.
0: And I am, of course, always joined by JTE. How are you?
2: Hey, man, give your guys some self, some credit. You did record one episode while you were visiting <laughs> the good old USA. Uh, was that Ghostbusters? Is that the one we recorded? Yeah, that was yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, that, that was, was Ghostbusters. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And our, you, I mean, you didn't even have your equipment with you. You guys were kind of doing kind They're of nothing. like a Home Alone <laughs> version, like oh. creating your own little studio. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your guys. Because listen, we haven't always agreed on our reviews, which is, I think, fantastic for the show. Nobody wants a show where everybody just agrees with each other. I know for one, I learned two things in the year 2021. Musicals are not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a musical fan. I didn't really enjoy West Side Story. I I mean, Tick, Tick, Boom, I thought Andrew Garfield was great, but the movie just left me kind of cold at times. I didn't really enjoy In the Heights. It was a movie that I had really struggled to get through. So I have learned that I do not like musicals. You will not see any of those musicals on my <laughs> list. So do not be angry if you're listening to this. And you're like, why is it West Side Story on there? For me, West Side Story, the romance didn't work. I mean, we'll, maybe we'll get to this because maybe one of these movies will be on your list. So maybe yeah. I'll be able to say a thing or two. <laughs> maybe they'll all be. Maybe they, if you guys are all musicals, I'm leaving. <laughs> But but here, but without spoiling it,
0: I've literally got four musicals. Oh my god,
2: four? (laughs) Oh, what's the fourth one? Okay, well, We'll I'll say this. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say this. That means we will have some differences in our lists because I have no musicals on my list. So there's definitely going to be some differences on these lists, which I'm happy. Actually, with. I'm
0: technically five. Actually, if I think about it, I am technically five. Oh my God. Um, we will so get you to love that. musicals.
1: Guys, what a, what a show we have coming up for you today. This is going to be fantastic.
0: If you guys want, you
2: could sing your whole selection. <laughs> no, no. I, okay.
0: So, um, Obviously, yes, if you are listening, we're going to be doing our top 10 movies of 2021. We're going to go through each, give our uh, our 10, 9, 8 each, and then we're going to go down in threes until we get ultimately to our number one and have a discussion about what our favorite films of the year was. Um, Just before we actually get into the actual list, Taylor, what do you think of the year?
1: I actually was very surprised this year. I wasn't sure what to expect with the pandemic and studios pulling movies and moving movies and doing home releases and theaters being a bit up in the air. But this year is a very top-heavy year for me. I have, like, a top 20 movies that I wish I could squish into 10 spots, basically, and all for very different reasons. There's, I have a, a lot of genres going on. There's there's all kinds of things happening with my list where I had to sit down a couple times and really think about what I wanted my top 10 to look like. Um, I, I had a great year with film. I, I had a lot of movies that that really hit me where I hope movies hit me, um, emotionally, artistically. And, um, and I'm really excited to, to get into the ones that did make the cut, but there are so many that I could replace it with and still have so much to talk about. I could create like three different top 10 lists for different reasons and have so many great movies to talk about.
0: Uh, JTE, what was, uh, 2021 for you?
2: quite wasn't that it wasn't quite that for me i definitely struggled a little bit coming up my top 10 list and i do think it's just because the volume wasn't as large i feel like this year a lot of them did go to streaming i did my best to see as much as i could there were some movies i didn't get a chance to see like spencer which is you know apparently kristen stewart is like the front runner for oscar for best actress so i didn't see that film I'm trying to think what else I didn't see. I I really feel like I saw most things that I need to see. There's very few films that slip through the cracks, but yeah, there wasn't throughout the year. There's usually a movie where I'm like, that's my favorite of the year. And then the rest of the year is me seeing if something else can knock it off. Mm. And, you know, I don't think it really had a lot of challenges this year. I feel like when I saw that movie this year, it stayed in that spot for most, most of the year, almost all the way up to the end. And I'll talk about that. But yeah, it was a mixed bag for me. Again, the music is just a huge year for musicals. Uh, seemed to really dominate this year. And because I'm not really a musical guy, that all kind of, you know, fell to the wayside for me. But I'm excited. I do really have a pretty diverse amount of films. And I will say this. Usually I only have maybe one or two blockbusters on my list. I have more this year than previous years. And I think that's because this year the bigger films really played in theaters much more than the smaller films. And there was less of those movies in between. I feel like one movie dominated the box office for a certain amount of time. And it really felt like the box office only had room for one big movie at a time. So I feel like we only got like one big movie for a certain amount of time. Uh, So yeah, I'm rambling. (laughs) Let's get into it.
0: Uh, For me, 2021 was also uh, there's a there is a lot of movies that just miss out on my top 10 that I would love to have put in but then there but for me I think it was an awful year for blockbusters uh, I like the blockbusters this year and by blockbusters I'm meaning studio um you know the the 200 million dollar led film year film that is just we are going to put on a giant movie that is meant to make a billion dollars. I thought most of them were mediocre to okay at best. Um, Whereas in, I thought this year was a really great year for smaller films. I thought there was a lot of really great smaller films that made a lot of that I really enjoyed. Um, And the 40 to $50 million drama or adult film, I thought, was a great year for this was a great year for and they didn't make any money but it was a great year for studios actually making these movies and putting them out and i really enjoyed them so uh i am i'm i'm excited for this year's list I, i i thought this year was actually a really exciting and i'm happy to talk about these i i really like my top 10 with what i ended up walking away with so uh let's start taylor what are your 10, 9, 8?
1: All right. So, my 10, 9, 8 uh, at 10 is in the Heights. So, we're going to start off with a musical. <laughs> we're just going to get right in there. Uh, <laughs> my number nine was Inside by Bo Burnham, which I know is going to be a hot, hot thing. There's going to be some viewer- listeners that are like, that's not a movie. And then there's going to be others who are like, that's a great choice. So, musical and then controversial pick (laughs) we're just kicking it off right away and then number eight is last night in soho um for those people who are currently yelling at their device that inside does not count i will tell you that my number 11 was nightmare alley so you can have that uh if you need it so there you go um those those are the ones that slipped into my last three spots Like I said before, there were quite a few that were fighting for those three spots. But in the end, uh, In the Heights was a movie I was so much looking forward to when it got announced. I was so happy we were going to get it. And then with release dates being moved all over the place and everything kind of being a mess, I was very worried about it. Got it. Watched it. Immediately as it ended, watched it again because it was one of those things where I just needed to. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. I thought the music was great. I really liked the cast. There was a lot for me to love about that movie. I listened to the soundtrack basically all the time. And uh, and that took my number 10 spot. Inside by Bo Burnham is like my existential crisis <laughs> as a as a movie or a special, whatever you want to call it. It's something that has stuck with me, is going to stick with me for all of time. I will probably listen to it all the time. It's It's my... This is perfect because now I get to just, just live out my campaign of give Bo Burnham a musical and just <laughs> let him run with it because that's now my dream as a musicals person and as someone who likes uh, his musical talent. Really, like I know that he's primarily a-, a comedian, but after seeing what he did with eighth grade and then seeing this, that's that's my new campaign. So if anyone wants to hit me up about that, we can start a petition. We can make it a thing. It'll be great. And then number eight, Last Night in Zoho. I love Edgar Wright. I love his style. I think this movie is pretty much what I would ask for with that. It has all the colors, it has all the the soundtrack, it has a great score the cast is amazing um and it was really just not what i was expecting it to be i love the misdirection that we got with all of the trailers and the promotional materials and it really just took me on a really cool journey still really want to rewatch it didn't end up having time to watch it a second time but uh but i'd be really curious to see how it sits with me watching it a second time but i just i love it so much so those are that's the that's the bottom of my list
2: I mean, last right. night so was our first review. Uh it was. so it was? go back and tell you listen to that and you'll hear what we thought about that one. And Bo Burnham, I agree. You know, I saw that special and I was just so impressed what he could do in a room with some mm. lights and some cameras. Like it's very impressive. I, I understand where is it a film? Is it not a film? I, I, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes. If you <laughs> want to put it on your list, I totally endorse it in the heights. Again, not, my, not quite my thing. Uh, I thought the ending was really sad. I really wish you... I, I won't say what happens, but it's not what I was hoping for. That's all I'll say.
0: All right. Uh, JT, what are your uh, 8, 9, 10?
2: 10, 9, 8? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 10, I'm going with The Nighthouse. Rebecca Hall does not get the credit she deserves for being a fantastic actress. I think one of the best working today, and this was probably my favorite horror film of last year. If you guys have not seen it, I don't want to even give you too much information because I think going in knowing little as possible is the best way you could go into this film. It is definitely a little bit challenging. And I remember when it ended, it was one of those movies where I went out of the theater and I Googled, the ending of the movie because i was like i think i know i think i got everything i was like but was that what i thought it was and i really love those kind of movies where you could kind of dive into it after the movie and maybe get some more things just from doing research it just i have just no shame in my game i'm not going to pick up everything everything a movie does sometimes i have to go online and have smarter people explain it to me and the night house i had to figure out some things uh, so I really enjoyed The Night House, Rebecca Hall amazing lead performance, really creepy, really scary, great atmosphere. Check it out. I feel like not a lot of people did. Uh, number 9, I'm going with The Rescue. This is a documentary about the kids in Thailand. I think I talked about this on a podcast once before on what we were watching. I was lucky enough to go see us in the theater. I think it's on Disney Plus now or on Discovery Plus. It's on I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus. Go check this out. I remember when this happened, and you know, I was definitely keeping track of it. It was a great story. But the way the director recreates some of these scenes, I left the theater thinking, how did they get all that footage? And then I learned some of it was recreations, but they're so damn good that I was fully convinced while I was watching the movie that everything I saw was footage captured from the actual rescue. And there is a lot of footage from the actual rescue and all the people that were like organized and all this it plays almost like an action movie at times because they get these guys from around the world. It's like Armageddon. <laughs> we need the best <laughs> cave divers instead of oil driv- instead of oil di- d- drillers to come and save these kids. And the direction is fantastic. The rescue, I tear it up at the end. It's a great story of humanity. And I think that's something you could, any, everybody could watch these days and just really get on board with. So the rescue is my number nine. Number eight, I'm going with A Quiet Place too. I said The Night House was my favorite horror movie last year. And a Quiet Place 2, I don't say a full horror movie. It is a thriller family drama. For me, a Quiet Place 2, the opening of that film was probably the unfortunately, maybe to its own, you know, I think it was the best part of the movie in a lot of ways. The first 15 minutes, I was so gripping my seat. I was just like, Holy crap, I am into this. To the point where I wish the movie was like scattered out. I Wish there was flashbacks scattered throughout the whole movie of like when this all went down because I was so invested in what was going on, and I love that he doesn't give you too many answers, he never really fully answers what's going on, he leaves it up to your imagination. So Quiet Place 2 is my number eight. A lot of people saw, I think it was one of the first big hits out of COVID when mm-hmm. theaters were kind of reopening. It said, Hey, you know what? People showed out for Quiet Place 2. First one was a huge hit. I can't wait to see the third one. I think they're also doing a spin-off. Uh, a couple directors have been moving around, but I can't wait to see the third one because this one really kind of built on the first one and improved it in a lot of ways, in my opinion. So that was my first three.
0: All right. Uh, I have seen one of them and that was quiet place part two. And oh. that, that uh, just missed out on my list, unfortunately, nice. so, uh, but uh, all right, I will move on to my number 10 is The Mitchells versus The Machines. Yes. My number 9 is Annette. And oh, number wow. 8 is Nightmare Alley. Mm. Uh, so, Mitchells versus The Machines. I, I, this is the best animated movie of the year. Like, it, It's so original, so quirky, so different. Um, I, I haven't laughed that. It's ac- pro- also probably the best comedy of the year. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. I, I thought it was... Everything I wanted it to be and more, and I just really in just sitting there and was absolutely in love with everything that they were doing through this. I thought it was a visually incredible, um, and I love I loved this family and I loved spending time with them and I loved this adventure that they went on. I just thought it was very cute and very funny. Annette is the first of the musicals that makes it onto <laughs> my list. Um, I uh, look Annette, I think is such a weird and different experience that I wasn't, I had no idea what I was getting going into and walk, listen and actually going through and watching it was quite a weird experience for me because it was, I I really wasn't sure what the movie was even while watching it. And then kind of halfway through it clicks oh that's what they're doing and I and I thought once that happened it, it just floored me um I think Adam Driver is incredible in this I think Adam Driver is absolutely robbed of an Oscar nomination later in the year that he absolutely deserves but that's a that's different oh and and I thought and I think how they handle baby Annette and how they handle her whole story I think is also incredibly original and the music is just stunningly brilliant and i i I really really loved annette
1: i'm gonna just hijack it real quick and say knowing that you hadn't seen anything (laughs) about annette going into it i was terrified (laughs) but i was also so excited to watch you react to what was happening because i had watched all the trailers and i was like this is i knew what what was coming and it was the probably one of the best theater experiences we had (laughs) I missed Annette.
2: That was one of the movies I did not see last year. I think I was musicaled out. I was like, I don't know if I could do. I've given so many a chance last year. I just couldn't bring myself to go see and watch another one. Even though I heard it's a very polarizing film. Some people love oh, it's, I, I Some people hate it. I can understand why people, people don't like it. People that love it,
0: love it. Mm, I, it's one that I can completely understand why people don't like it. And, but I adore it. And I think it's, I, I think it's, Outside of maybe Marriage Story, it's Adam Driver's best performance, um, and it's incredible. Number eight, Nightmare Alley. Uh, Nightmare Alley wasn't what I expected it to be, um, and I think the trade. I, I think the marketing for this movie was awful. I, I think that they were selling a completely different movie than it actually is. They were selling a supernatural horror film when it's not that at all it's not i wouldn't even call it a horror movie it's it's a yeah it's more of a. it's
1: it's a problem that del toro marketed films have it's the same thing that happened with crimson peak where everyone wanted a straight horror but it was a gothic romance horror like and they tried to do the same thing with this one where they market it as like this horror movie and Mm. it's not really that
0: yeah so I, 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 really enjoyed it. I, I thought Bradley Cooper, Brad, Bradley Cooper is incredible in this. I think it, this is one of the best performances I've ever seen um, Cooper give. Uh, he is, you, you get the full spectrum of who this character is and just how without spot, how despicable this character gets, gets, I, I thought, um, and it, it doesn't pull its punches. Um that's the other thing that I think works really, really well is that it's willing to go as far as it needs to. Uh, there's there's um, punches aren't pulled. It, it doesn't try and cop out on certain character moments and beats. It's no, this is where we're going, and I and I really do appreciate it for that. And I, I, I think I think Kate Blanchett as well is getting criminally underrated. Uh, this. Season, I think she she is incredible in this, and absolutely deliciously despicable. I think is probably the best way I can say it. I, I think I think this is one of Del Toro's better movies, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I can't wait to see it again.
2: You know, Nightmare Alley is really interesting. It's one of those movies I saw it once. I went and saw it in the theater, and it's one of those movies I think I'll like more the more I revisit it but Mm -hmm. I haven't had that second viewing because just on the filmmaking level, it looks amazing. Uh, And Mm -hmm. the actors, I think Richard Jenkins does a great job in it. Mm -hmm. Kate Blanchett is really like, she's in that mode of, old film nor like she knows yeah. the as usual she knows the assignment and she's killing <laughs> it uh so that's a movie i i didn't quite make my top 10 i'll tell you right now i didn't make my top 10 but it's a movie i could see appreciating more and more as time goes on it's one of those things where i think you'll go back and watch del toro's films and unlike crimson peak and some of his other films i think this one will just get better as as time goes on uh mitchell (laughs) and the machines i agree with you probably is the best animated film last year so much fun i love the whole filmmaker angle for me i remember watching it my biggest issue i had was it was two hours it's like Mm -hmm. an hour 55 and i felt like it just was a little bit because it is a frantic film it is Mm -hmm. the pacing is so fast that i feel like if it was 90 minutes or it just felt almost too much. It felt a little bit like an overload <laughs> of, just of of that pacing. I felt like if it was just an hour and a half, it would have been perfect. But it's one of those movies i like to watch again, and maybe I'll appreciate even more.
1: Yeah, I'm on the same page. I was really enjoying it, and then I just felt like it kept going and going and going. And I was like, man, like, there are so many elements of this movie that I'm really loving because it is funny, and it's sincere, and it's such a an awesome family adventure story and I do think the humor in it works very well and I love the family dynamic of the film and the filmmaker angle of the film I think so much of it is great but you know it would get up to about halfway through it and I was like man I really feel like we should be getting to a point where it's Mm -hmm. wrapping up and I just feel like it's just still it's going and it just couldn't hold my attention because I just I just kept I was like man I really want to love this and I just there's something that's keeping me from really loving it the way that I want to, and I I think that might be what it is. Honestly, now that it now that you say that, I think that's where a lot of my issues with it came from.
0: Okay, cool. Tell her, what is your all right seven six five.
1: Well, we're gonna we're gonna bring up Annette again because <laughs> Annette is my number is my number seven film. Uh, I was. So excited about this movie because I had seen the trailers. Uh, I loved the casting of Adam Driver and Marion Coltiard. I thought they were great in the film together. It is a movie that you are either going to buy into just how out there artistically it can be and some of the choices that it makes, or you're not going to buy into it all. And as someone who completely bought into it and loved the music in it uh and and really just kind of went along to all of the pretty dark places honestly that it ended up going it's i I don't think it's a spoiler to say that this is not a happy (laughs) film like you don't get your happy and like it's a dark film uh and and it's very um it's very honest in in those storylines of consequences man like you you have to live with the consequences of the of the choices you make and the things that you do and and the dark places that that leads you to and I think the the music complements that story very well as it as it goes on you know it starts out pretty happy and and upbeat and and it's it starts with with a musical number and if you're not ready for that then (laughs) buckle up you better be ready and and it's It's just a film that I really would like to sit down and rewatch because we got to see it in a theater together, which was a really, really cool experience when it came out. And um, and it's just visually it's a great movie. Uh, All all of the acting in it is great. I just it's one of those films that is striking to me in, in every way. Visually acting music direction like I just love all the choices that they made with it uh, and it was it was kind of hard for me to put it at number seven but this list is packed so <laughs> at number six I put the Green Knight the Green Knight is another film that just artistically completely works for me uh, visually it's one of personally the greatest movies I've ever seen visually like I was so hooked on it. I think the acting is again, great it's very dramatic it's very again dark it doesn't really pull its punches in the things that it's trying to do it's very eerie as a film uh and again haven't had time to rewatch it there's been there's been a lot going on where i haven't been able to sit down and re-watch the movies that i've loved because i've been trying to really get a good perspective on film as a whole this year and there's been there's been a lot of streaming service <laughs> movies to to get to get in on, but the Green Knight is one that has again stuck with me through the whole year, and um and I just it, it's it's a movie that didn't disappoint me. That uh, I'm learning um, as I had made this list that a lot of these films were movies that I was so excited about that actually came through for me after having. So many instances where there were movies I was excited about that just continued to let me down and and that was a trend for a while and then there started to be a group of movies that I had been excited about and then felt like I actually got the payoff and the Green Knight was absolutely one of them coming in at number five is a movie we just saw recently i'm so glad we actually found a theater here in brisbane that was playing it because the u.s didn't even have theaters playing it when we got to go see it but worst person in the world is my number five and i loved this movie i didn't really know what i was getting going into it just because i'd kind of seen some trailer clips but that really doesn't tell you what movie you're going to get, which is great. Um, I loved being on this journey and absolutely having no idea how it was going to end up And, and really getting to experience her life and the choices that she was making and living those moments of uncertainty and feeling like her life is not in her control. And as she's trying to get control of her life, just feeling like she's losing more control of her life the more that she tries to make decisions to figure out what she wants. And it's really a, a genuine film for someone, you know, in their 30s or late 20s that really just feels like they have no idea what they want to do with their life. They're trying to make decisions about their life. Nothing feels like it's going the way that they want it to. And, and it's just... I don't know. It's just one of those movies that feels like they weren't trying to make things relatable. They were just telling you this story of this girl and the things that she is going through. And, and it didn't feel polished in Mm. a way that they're trying to sell Mm. a pretty, a pretty story about struggle. It's a very raw story. Uh, And I, it made me very emotional by the end. And I think it's the payoff of where it ends is huge. Mm. It's it's really I would recommend if you can find it somewhere, if it's playing near you. I would highly, highly recommend it. I'm actually very upset that she is not gonna get an act an acting nomination mm. because she is great. Mm. Like I Yeah, it's a
2: hard movie to see. and I've listened to several podcasts this past month, and several people have had this movie in their top 10 lists. Mm. It seems to be a favorite of a lot of people, a lot of critics out here, who are lucky enough to actually see it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere right now in America. Honestly, I, I don't think I think it, it opened
0: is. in LA. I think it opened, opened ne- in this weekend. I think it's opening either this weekend or next weekend for you okay. guys. So like it's, I,
1: I don't think it's a streaming movie. Now. No, no, it's no. definitely
0: in theaters. Oh, in theaters? Like it's, okay. it's a theaters movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's one I still need to see and that also need to see. And Green Knight is a movie I actually was lucky enough to see twice in theaters. And I think I appreciate it even more in the second view
0: all right JTA all
2: right let's go my first uh I guess huge blockbuster in my top 10 list I thought about putting this one and I struggled a little bit but at the end of the day the reason it made my list is because of two words which equals one name and that's Tony Leung who finally made his American debut in Shang-Chi I am a huge martial arts uh nerd I've known Tony Leung since the mid 90s I've been following this guy's career for so long and to see him come in an American film, a Marvel film and absolutely own every scene he's in. I was just so happy. I get some of the criticism that uh, Simu Liu is not the most charismatic lead in this, but I think of movies like Thor, you surround him with Anthony Hopkins. You surround him with Natalie Portman. I think he needs time to grow into this role. I think same way Chris Hemsworth took him a couple movies to really kind of fit into where he wanted Thor to be. I think Simu Liu is going to find that eventually, but I think this is a great martial arts film. I think it's a really, one of the better actually origin films for an MCU character. I love the mix of fantasy. I love the humor. And again, the choreography, that bus scene is one of my favorite action sequences of the whole year. And again, Tony Leung brings gravitas to the whole movie. He really is the heart and soul of this film. Cause my favorite villains are the ones where you actually can understand where they're coming from. He has an emotional core in this film that I felt bad. I felt bad for him. I was like, oh my God, like he wants his wife back. Like, I mean, the way he, he things are being manipulated towards him, you know, I don't think I'm gonna be, be spoiling this for too many people. This is an <laughs> MC Marvel movie. Everyone's seen Shang Chi. So that is my number seven. Uh, I just Huge fan. It hit me right where I'm a very much target audience for this kind of martial arts movie. So number six, I'm going with wrath, of man. This is probably the biggest surprise for me all year because I'm not the biggest guy. Richie fan, but I really liked the gentleman. It has problems, but I was very entertained by it. And wrath, of man is a different mode. It's a much more serious film with some tongue in cheek humor in it, but I love the way the story was structured I love how it's almost like three little movies within one. There's a part that feels like it's the movie Heat. (laughs) There's a part where it feels like the town. And then you have Jason Statham just being a badass of all badasses. This is a movie I just really enjoy. The style worked for me. I thought this is the only movie that I can think of where Scott Eastwood is actually pretty good in. And actually, because he's playing a scumbag. And I don't know why, but he just kind of fits that role really well. So wrath I, the man by guy Ritchie huge surprise
0: did you I, like this I liked it um I, I didn't love it I, but I, I did I I did enjoy it um with Scott eastwood he's to me he's playing the role his dad would have played 30 years ago but he's but it would have been the hero interesting like, okay. I, I think that thir- like that's where we've we've kind of like the last 40 or 50 years has Moved. This movie has gone from these guys would have been the downtrodden heroes Mm -hmm. trying to do, and whereas in now they're not. They're like, no, you guys are murderers, villains. (laughs) And I think that's. It's just. It's fascinating. I I think that's the more fascinating part of the film. Um, I liked it. I just. I, I didn't. I didn't love it
2: totally understand. Uh, call out to Josh Hartnett. Welcome back to movies. Great yes! to have you back. Yes, <laughs> he's also, Josh
1: Hartnett yes. fan club member is right here. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: he's also starring in Guy Ritchie's next film with mm-hmm. Jason Statham um, and they're like co-leads. So, Wrath of Man is not a movie I would have would I would've bet money I would have bet on my top 10 list at the beginning of the year. But when I left the theater I just had such a good time and I revisited it and maybe some of it is corny or it just doesn't work for some people but you know what it worked for this guy that johnny cash song montage like halfway through the film i was like <laughs> hell yes i am into this so wrath of man's my number six and i don't feel bad about it at all uh all right number five is a controversial one i doubt you guys will have this in your top 10 i'm gonna go with zach snyder's justice league and i'm gonna tell you why because i hated the theatrical version i'd never liked it It was, it felt chopped up. It felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. Watching the Snyder cut, it felt like to me at times, like when I first watched Lord of the Rings, like it had an epic scale that was missing from the theatrical version. I don't think it's perfect. I think the movie ends when Superman releases his black suit in this one, and then it should cut to black the credits. So all that extra stuff with the Batman, the Joker and Yeah. Cut, cut that all off. To me, that is just, those are after credit scenes that he just threw on the end of this movie. So for me, mm. the three and a half hours, I rewatched this movie again about two weeks ago. And I don't for a movie to be three and a half hours for me to never be bored and be invested. And the tone just works so much better for me. I think it's one of the better superhero movies of the last few years. And Listen, I'm not out here tweeting, restore the Snyderverse. I don't think that's going to happen. I I could care less about that. I don't love Batman v Superman. I think it has a lot of problems. Man of Steel, I like, but also has problems. I think this is Snyder's best film in the DCEU by far. I think by this point, he kind of understood what every character needed to do. And, you know, I'm guessing the, the last scene with Flash is jaw dropping and awesome and the characters actually have motivations for things that happen at the end of this movie. I just really loved I just really love watching this and watching it again recently, just kind of solidified it on my list at number five. So Zack Snyder's justice league. I had to give it the props, man. I didn't like army of the dead though. So sorry, Zach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, um, it's like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's in the upper echelon of my list. Like it's all like it's, it's in okay. the upper end of the year for me. Um, uh, to to me, I the I, I have, um, to me it's a it's a brilliant assembly cut, and that's a, a, and it it never not it never doesn't feel like an assembly cut. Really? I, I, yeah, I, it's like okay, there's there is a incredible, P three hour PG thirteen movie in this. There is a, an an absolutely incredible one. I it it just needs it that. Three and a half hours. Cause yeah, you're right. The after that whole ending bit was for that was for fans of, of like here, have this for yep. getting through and getting this movie. Like that scene is absolutely not in a re- released version. They released it in theaters. That scene was never gonna be in there. Exactly. But to me, like it there's about half an hour of that movie that you could cut in and around places like it's a i think it's a brilliant editing tool i think it's it it is like you should be colleges will be using this movie as go and give me the version that is like smoother and and not as rough like i i because it's a it's a fully fully edited fully um visualized like all the visual effects are done for an assembly cut and that's, uh, I just... Did you yeah, feel the structure of having chapters helped with that at all? I think it... I think it does help the natural arc of every chapter of ramping up to the next scene. And, and I, I do think that that does help, but I, do, I don't I do think it's needed. Like, I, I think you can... You didn't need to do that. And I think that that would... That would be one of the first things I'd get rid of in in editing. it. And again, I'm not an editor, so I don't know the (laughs) best way to edit this movie. But I I think that that's, to me, it's half an hour too long. Like, I I do feel its length and I, and, but I do think it is one of the better movies. I do think it is one of the better comic book movies of the
1: year. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Anywhere? I mean, I can throw some input in there if you want. I, <laughs> did you, I did you like it? This, I hated the uh, verse yes. version of the movie so much. I yeah. was like, this is a mess, and I don't understand why we're even getting this. <laughs> this. This version I didn't even want to watch because I was so tired of all the Snyderverse crap that I just was like, nope, I have no interest in this whatsoever. Just because it's, it was exhausting just being in the proximity of, of all of it. <laughs> Uh, And we sat down and and we watched it and it's a vast improvement. Like Mm. there, there's no, you, you can't sit there and tell me that it's, that it's not, it's a, it's such an improvement on what we got. It's clearly, you know, it made the studio look like a bunch of clowns releasing (laughs) anything that, that wasn't this like doing a a Wheaton version and, and thinking that it was going to be fine was just a clown move, and this just makes them look so bad, which to me is hilarious that they were like, yeah, we're going to make ourselves look like even worse idiots by putting <laughs> this version out, which is just there's some great self-owning happening there, which I'm always a fan of. But the movie, there's a lot to appreciate about it. It is visually much better than the one that we got. It's uh, the characters and the stories you get Feel like they're more complete. They feel like they actually have meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, you you actually get a cyborg story that is worth watching and is worthwhile and doesn't feel like he was just slapped into the movie. You get, you know, relationship moments between the characters that matter, uh, and and I do think it it has Snyder's style all over it. Yep. it. It's exactly what he wants this version of this world to be, which I think. Is important. Well, like, like or hate it.
2: Like, like or hate it. it it's, it's
1: important because it, clearly the one that we got theatrically released had no style. Mm. It had no identifiable footprint of anything. Like it was just you know it was just let's throw let's throw this into a generic generator superhero mm. fucking machine <laughs> and and this is what you're gonna get spit out like. Yep. The, and and so I appreciate that about it a lot but for me as someone who's not a huge snyder person and who's not a huge fan of taking the DC universe this direction I don't I don't want to sit down and watch a three and a half hour version again and I'm not saying that there aren't three and a half hour versions of things that I want because that's not true but for me this is not that like this is not the version of the DC. That excites me, so I don't want to watch three and a half hours of it again. Yeah, like and, and i you're appreciate not alone. It for what it is, but you're not, a, you you know. not
2: alone. A lot of people <laughs> did not like where Zack Snyder took this kind of tone and this kind of style. So, totally understand that if you're either on board, I feel like you're either on board with his sensibility for this universe, or you're not. If you aren't, then I don't see why you would like this any more than his last two.
1: But but again, I I appreciate a lot about it. Mm. I just. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's not going to be in my top 10 because, <laughs> you know, if, if a superhero movie was going to make it into my top 10, it was going to be Spider-Man. But it's, it's not that kind of year for my top 10. There's just too many other things.
0: <laughs> All right. My number seven film is the, I think, arguably the best return to form that a director can have outside. Uh, and that's The Last Duel from Ridley Scott. I loved this movie. I was in complete and utter awe of this movie after after seeing it, and I think the the absolute genius of this movie is the script. the 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 script is the thing for this film. Uh, ben Affleck and Matt Damon working again together, and I have completely forgotten her name, so I need to look this up real quick. Um. But them fi- working it out, and then uh, Nicole hoffman Cena. Oh, God, I'm awful with names. But uh, those three working on this script together, and each of them ha- working on one part, is was a genius move. Um, Nicole working on the third act was incredible, and I think that what this film does so incredibly well is puts you in the mindset of each of their characters without redeeming them or without giving you, I don't think this movie ever once tells you that Adam Driver is sympathetic. I don't think it ever tells you that Matt Damon is sympathetic. I I think it is condemning both of these men through this movie, but it is giving you the way that they looked at this situation, and I think that that's important. And I do think that when we get to her story, there are enough differences and the and this is where I think Ridley Scott is actually incredibly talented in this movie. And, and uh, it's Ridley Scott, of course, he's talented. But I, why I go no, he is back to form, and it's there is actual really incredible filmmaking in this, in that the subtle differences in the big scenes and it's clear that those and those subtle differences are incredibly important into the context of this overall scenes. And like, and I get that the rape scene is incredibly confronting. It's hard to watch, but it is incredibly important that it's in there to show how these two characters can see this one event so differently and why it's important that we get the truth, which is her story and his story, which is, this is what I thought happened, but we can all, you, if you watch Adam driver's story and you don't, and you're saying, Oh no, he didn't rape her. Then you're, you're watching that wrong completely wrong. Cause that entire story is built around the fact that no, he is, he is, it, it, this is straight up rape, And I, that's, I, I, I think it's so such an incredible film in a, in a time where women weren't, it's it weren't taken. were you know, there's that line of um, we all know a woman can't, uh, can't be raped if she has pleasure. And, and you're sitting there just completely disgusted and like, oh my God. And then you go, no, that that's still a plot. Like, there are people who think that today. And it, I think it's such a timely movie. It's such an important film for today that I think is unfairly maligned because people haven't watched it. And I think that, yeah. uh, I, I do think that there is commentary around it from people who haven't actually watched the movie.
2: Yeah, it bombed at the box office, unfortunately. Um, Ridley Scott plus period piece me equals me in a theater <laughs> uh, he just he no other director puts me back into that time period quite like Ridley Scott and yeah this movie is very much a Rashomon style it's a great movie
0: yeah that's your number seven that's my number seven yeah
2: okay.
0: uh, number six in the heights uh, <laughs> I love this this was I, I I was smiling ear to ear for the entire movie I I've never seen the stage show. I didn't really know the story going in. And I was just completely on board the entire time. I had so much fun with this movie. And that's more like this just lifted my spirits. It it was one of the first movies back after A Quiet Place. And it was just, oh, it's so good to be in a theater again. So good to see a really fun, energetic, happy movie, and I, it was just exactly what I needed.
1: So, you enjoyed the ending, unlike JT? Yes,
0: I did. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then number five, uh, I'm a little shocked at how low I have this, but at the same time, it's number five, and I uh, that's Dune. Uh, Dune, this is a masterpiece. I, this is absolutely and one of this is one of Villeneuve's greatest movies um I've never I haven't felt this way in a theater where when a movie ends I just want part two then I just want it right now like I I need it right now like I could have sat in there for another three hours and had part two just continue to go I I don't even I didn't even feel that after um Infinity War I needed a break after Infinity War (laughs) this one no I I could keep going it's such incredible filmmaking craft such uh, the sound design of this movie is such an underrated and underappreciated element it is so the way it uses sound is just absolutely gorgeous seeing it in the theater was so important And, and to see it on this big screen surround sound it, it it's a different world. It, it, I am so in awe of what Villeneuve did with this movie and I cannot wait for part two. I think Warner brothers made a massive mistake, not having it ready by October this year to be able to drop that first trailer in front of Batman. But yeah. So uh, seven. Uh, yeah. So number seven, the last duel, number six in the Heights and number five Dune. All right, Taylor. What is your number four?
1: All right, my number four is another late contender that I saw at the last minute as we were trying to cram some some stuff in there just to just to you know do what we do. Mm-hmm. Just at the last second, being panicking and finding out what we <laughs> haven't had time to watch throughout the year. And um, this one really surprised me with with how much I just completely fell in love with it. But my number four is Coda, mm. and Coda completely knocked me off my feet Mm. it hit me so emotionally like i was a wreck watching this movie it uh wouldn't call it a musical but it's got a lot of music (laughs) in it uh and and it is just such a beautiful brilliant story of this amazing young lady who is the only hearing member of her family and She loves music, she loves singing, and she's desperately trying to find a way to be there for her family and connect with her family while still doing what she loves uh, and, and dealing with the fact that something that she loves is something her family can't love with her and having it be the real first thing in her life that she just can't share with her family that means so much to her. Because of something completely out of any of their control. And it's just. It's such a great kind of coming of age story. In a way that I've never seen before. And as someone who. You know. I, I've i said it a couple times. But it's not something that a lot of people know. But music has always been my first love in life. I love movies so much. But music. There's nothing that means more to me in the world than music does. And having her as that main character, figuring out this is her dream and not knowing how to reconcile that with her family relationship and, and what they're hoping for her to do in life. And and dealing with the fact that, you know, they do have a child that's going to leave home to pursue something that they they can't connect with her on. And it's it's really just... A really moving film for me. Um and and again, I'm a sucker for for music. So the way that it's used to tell this emotional story um is great. Her voice is incredible, mm. which helps a lot. Uh and, and it's just it's just one of those things where it's like it felt like it was a movie that was that was destined for me to to fall in love with. It's just it's just magical. It's beautiful. I love it so much.
2: I'm so glad we, we like crammed it in there <laughs> yep. at the end. It was uh, one of the last films I saw before the end of the year also. It's one of those the last week of <laughs> December. Yep. Every night you're trying to watch one or two movies and it is a real crowd, crowd pleaser. It was, Apple bought it during mm-hmm. Sundance of last year because of how big of a reaction it got and how many people loved the film. Uh, I'll tell you now, it didn't make my top 10, but it was definitely in contention. It is probably the feel-good movie of the year. It's something I think anybody could watch and have a great time with. I thought the lead actress, I can't remember her name, but I thought she did a great job. I thought, you know, I think she's going to be a big star. And the family aspect was so well done with the sign language, you know, being deaf. I thought, you know, there's talk of the father maybe being getting a best supporting actor. Marley Matlin, who knows? She's done it before amelia jones amelia Amelia jones the lovely lady i won't forget your name again because you're gonna be a star uh but yeah i really enjoyed coda if you have apple tv definitely watch it
0: Yeah. all right jc what's your number four
2: number four i'm not going to talk about too much because jacob you 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 said it so well ridley scott the last duel i just love this movie you you really broke it down really well so i'm just going to add again Ridley Scott transports me to a time and a place unlike any other director. And when he has the material like this movie has to have a real interesting story, it's just a perfect marriage. You know, I went and saw Robin Hood with (laughs) Russell Crowe. Not a good movie, but I could appreciate that movie just because of. Being transported back to that time, there's scenes where Russell Crowe's on a boat, and I feel it's not CGI, he's on an old school boat in a river on his way to see Jason Isaac <laughs> and I, not Jason Isaac, Oscar Isaac. Oscar, isaac <laughs> Jason Isaac would have been good too, actually, in that role. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, the last duel is just again, you said it again. The script is so well written, and they have all three different perspectives in that Rashman style. I just think it's so effective. Like, I can't wait to revisit again and just kind of pick apart. It's one of those movies, I think, it'll reward repeat viewing of every story, every one of those different stories in different ways. I feel like I got most of it out of the first viewing, but there's so many layers to this film that I can't wait to just watch it over and over again. Again, not an easy movie to watch. It's not something that's super entertaining, but just for the craftsmanship alone, I'm going to watch it a bunch of times. So number four, The Last Duel.
0: Um... But I'm one of, I think, three people in the entire world who think that Robin Hood is one of the best movies Ridley Scott's done. Really, it's I Jacob's God. favorite movie. Love that movie. <laughs> I, oh. I think, I think that that wow. if that if that one and the Taran Egerton swapped, like it release dates, if the Taran Egerton one came out in 2010, mm-hmm. and if that Ridley Scott one came out in 2018, it would have been an Oscar contender. I think. It's, wow, that's. A heavy I, I think. I think <laughs> that now the, I, I think because po- in a post Game of Thrones world, that movie works so much better, and I think wow. people would have been a lot more appreciative of what what it was trying to do. You I, know what?
2: Yeah. I don't need to be talked into watching really scat movies, so <laughs> I will. I will give it our watch. It's been a while. I watched the director's uh, cut. Do you like the yeah. director's cut more?
0: I don't know if i i can't remember the last time i watched the director's cut but i I, I know when we we watched it last year or two years two ago. years ago for yeah. 10 years on and then and i i was just like i love this movie i i watched this movie as much i mean as I
1: can. listen when you're watching that after you've seen the 2018 oh yeah robin hood <laughs> well, yeah I listen had... listen it's because yeah. i hadn't seen it that was my first <laughs> time watching it and I was like, sign me the heck up for this. Whatever this is, I'll take it. That Jacob,
2: do you like Kingdom of Heaven? Specifically the director's cut? That Scott? one I
0: have not actually seen. So what? I, yeah. You can't
2: even find the theatrical cut anymore because it's such <laughs> no, a I, uh, yeah. disgrace. You need to watch Kingdom of Heaven director's cut.
0: No, it's three we, hours. We, but it's that, amazing. After I finish Emmerich, I want to do Ridley, Ridley Scott's filmography. Like That's my next big one. Like I, I really yeah. want to sit down and do it.
2: What you said about Robin Hood is how I felt after I saw a director's cut came to heaven. If mm. that cut came out, it would have been nominated for a couple Oscars.
0: Yeah. All right. There's a, there's a quite a few Scott movies that I haven't seen that I need to. Um, so I'm like, right. I, I want to sit down and do his filmography. All right. My number four, you've already mentioned it. Uh, this was my favorite film of the year for the longest time. I This was the one that I kept talking about. Um, and whenever someone would ask, what's your favorite movie of the year? I had to give the classifier. It's not a movie that's inside. Uh, this is, I think the quintessential piece of art for the pandemic. I think when 10 years from now, when people are trying to look back on what was it like to live through this pandemic, this is what they're going to point to, because I think he so perfectly sums up how everyone is feeling and what the, what the emotions of living your twenties and thirties through a pandemic is. And I think that, and the, the guilt of, I'm, of, I'm losing years of my life, but it's for the right reasons because we're trying to save people, but other people don't care. And, and it's, I think he so perfectly articulates the guilt and the fear and just the everything that we're all feeling right now going through this pandemic. And I, I, I just, I think the songs are real, are incredible. I think they are extremely well-written. I think there are heartbreaking moments. There are moments that hit a little too close to home for someone going, turning 30 it's just uh, this yeah i i i it, it's the movie of the pandemic and it's prob it's my favorite piece of art f- in the time that we are in right now but there are other movies that just spoke to me a little bit more i probably i could probably put it up a couple of more notches but uh, this was where i it landed for me at the moment but uh and we gave I, it I birth adored. to a
2: million tiktoks
0: i I adore adore this movie so yeah Yeah. that is that is my technically my third musical
2: i I think no movie has more tiktoks birthed
0: from yeah probably which
2: is which is you know weird because it's kind of going against what he's saying
0: in part of the special so (laughs) it's funny how that works but Mm -hmm. great choice all right what's your number three taylor
1: all right, we're bringing it on back to the Ridley Scott train. Uh, <laughs> the Last Duel is my number nice. three. I love that it's uh, in my top
2: five. Or this, top this, seven. Movie,
1: <laughs> this movie really is a tough watch, for sure. It, it is not a subject matter movie that is going to cheer you up. <laughs> it is not uplifting, but it's important and it's, well-directed and well-written and very well-acted. And it's a movie that's brought me a lot of frustration over the year because it didn't do well at the box office, but you have articles coming out every day about people who have an opinion about a movie that they haven't seen, about why people aren't seeing it because of the subject matter and giving their opinion about something that they don't actually have the context for. And I understand that rape and sexual assault and those kind of things are very triggering for people, and I'm not telling those people to go see the movie. But if you're going to write an article about how that kind of subject matter is handled in the film, I believe you should have to see the movie if you're going to criticize the way that it was used. And my big problem with it is I think that it is so well done In the nuance and the little subtle things like you were talking about, Jacob, in some of these big scenes, when you get the different perspectives on how they're happening. And to me, it's so fantastic that that's how they chose to tell the story, because it's giving you insight into why these problems exist in the real world. You're seeing someone like Jacques, like Adam Driver's character... You're seeing it through his lens of how he views Marguerite and how he views those moments they have together and how, in his mind, they're flirting back and forth, how it's a mutual thing, how when he sees it, she's giving him those same glances and she's inviting those those kind of advances from him when you see it through his eyes. And then you see her version of events, and that's not... What's happening? She she's viewing him as unwanted advances. She's viewing him as she's being polite to him because, you know, you smile and you <laughs> you're polite, and that's what you're supposed to do. You know, just just smile more and everything's great, everything's fine. Just be nice, you know? And and it's it's that moment, it's that criticism of women, it's that being played out of. You know, just why, why aren't you smiling? Just, just smile and just be polite and just be, you know. And then there are situations where she's not even doing that. And he's just seeing what he wants to see. But there are moments when she's being polite and he's taking it as advances and taking it as flirting and then going after her when she's home alone and taking what he thinks they both want or has convinced himself that they both want. And then from from Matt Damon's side, how how just vastly different he sees things from how they actually happen. The the way that he has either convinced himself that he's treating her or he just doesn't notice that he's treating her poorly because that's just how women were treated, whatever it is. And then you see her version of events, you see the truth. You see how she's actually treated by this man. And and it's important. It's really, really important to have all these different versions actually play out and for you to be patient with the story and let it unfold. Because I really do think that it's such a disgustingly accurate depiction of the things that we still deal with today. Like, it happens all the time. It's, it's the argument of where's the proof isn't until proven guilty. Don't why, why are you ruining this man's life? Mm. Like it's, it's that in a movie. And I think that it's so well done, especially having Nicole, it's Nicole, right? Yeah. Come in and be part of the, of the script writing and be part of that final chapter of the story to, to really get that across. And I really wish that people would give it a chance instead of just hearing what they've heard about the story and how it's put together and how it's told and, and using, you know, the, the more graphic moments in the, in the film to just dismiss it. Because I, I really think that as someone who is skeptical going into it, because there were a lot of men at the helm of the story and I've seen it done incorrectly and, and terribly before when, when people don't know how to handle it, but I don't think that's what happened here. And on top of that, the cast is great and Jodie Comer is probably not going to get an acting recognition I know. in that also be angry. She's so, like
2: yeah, she's really being ignored like she might she should be an yeah. Oscar nomination talk for this film. I, I think it's horrible that she's not in that conversation. She's fantastic in yeah. this movie. She is.
1: And uh, let's not let's not forget about ben affleck in this film okay. yeah he's fantastic he, is, <laughs> yeah. he he understood the assignment a thousand percent and i loved everything about it
2: he was having just a ball.
1: just fantastic stuff
2: just the hair anyway, a thanks for
1: coming to my ted talk about <laughs> <laughs>
2: about the last tool and it's you know what if you're listening and you haven't seen it it's streaming on hbo max right now
0: so check mm-hmm. it out all right JC, what is your number three
2: Number three is a movie that was mentioned earlier uh, by Taylor, and that is The Green Knight. Uh, This is a movie I saw in theaters twice, and I liked it even more the second time. It is a very deliberately paced film, so I think the first time I saw it, you know, I was really kind of struggling with the pacing. But once you know going in, and this happens with a lot of movies, once you kind of know what they're going for and the pace that they're going for, you kind of prepare yourself. So the second time I watched it, Knowing I was going for more of a meditative kind of film, it just worked even better for me. I agree with you, Taylor. It is, you could pause this movie at just about any point, and it could be a wallpaper on your computer. Like, it is a beautifully shot film from scene to scene to scene. It, one of the things when I left the theater, I was like, wow, they really, uh, Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> uh, they, they pull us, there's a section from Last Temptation of Christ that is directly pulled put into this movie but you know what i don't mind that if it's done well and it is done well in this movie and yeah it's one of those movies like i could just put it on much like blade runner 2049 i could just put this thing on mute in the background and just have it playing just for the visuals but dave patel is awesome in this man he's great um the supporting cast is fantastic you got joel edgerton uh barry keegan such a great cast overall the visuals never disappoint yeah, I just really as well as movies that I didn't love the first time I saw it, but after repeat viewing it, I just grew to love it more and more. And it's just a movie that I can't wait to revisit again and again because it is a mood. If you, yeah, if you want, if you're in a, if you want to be in that mood, you just throw this movie on and you'll be transported to this time and place. And this, yeah, this setting is just fantastic. I have the 4K. Uh, Blu-ray, it looks amazing. My eyes bleed. How gorgeous this movie is! Uh, much like the Last Duel, both those movies to me are two of the best looking films of the year. And uh, it was my number three, The Green Knight.
0: All right, uh, my number three is one that I have already talked to Death about. Uh, it's probably the best. The- it's probably the best theater experience I've had all year, uh, and that was the Last Night in Soho. I love this movie Uh, as someone who is not the biggest Edgar Wright fan. I was blown away by this film. Um, I haven't walked out of a theater that happy and that just ecstatic about film. And just, it made me fall in love with cinema again. It made me fall in love with filmmaking and directors and just, I I was so happy with this movie. Um, I I was completely and utterly in love. And uh, this is Still one of the best movies of the year, and that's why it's my number three.
1: Um I, I the, will never forget walking out of the theater, and you were just so emotional <laughs> just because you were like, Oh my god, this is what going to movie theaters and seeing movies, like that's what this is supposed to feel like. <laughs> like, I'm just so excited about film and movies, and it was it was great. Yeah, it and was great.
0: It was it, you know, I I just I was just completely in awe and love with this. Um, if you want to hear my full thoughts, just go back to our first episode because <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. dig dive. I, I do a big deep dive into it, but that this is one of the best movies of the year. And I know not everyone agrees, but I adore. I absolutely loved it, and I and I think it works on so many levels. And I, I, I cannot wait to. And we finally got the 4K, and I cannot wait to rewatch it. Wow. Taylor.
1: Oh man, we're getting down to the end of it here. What is your
0: number two? The one that just missed out.
1: Okay, this was my number one for a long time. For a like, I did not know if there was going to be a film that was going to be able to to displace this from number one. But coming in very narrowly at number two is Dune, and Dune was probably one of my favorite movie theater experiences. That we've had, uh, just because seeing that movie in a theater is everything. It's it's everything. Visually, that movie on the big screen is incredible. Uh, it's it's visually stunning. But as you mentioned, when you briefly spoke about it earlier, the sound design uh, hearing that in a movie theater is unlike anything else. It, it is a fully encompassing experience to, to have that. And I just was in the same place that you were. We, we both turned to each other and said, where's part two? Like, just, just <laughs> roll it. Just while well, I sit here for however many hours, and I'll just I'll just watch part two right now. I thought the cast was brilliant. I thought the score and the sound design was incredible. Uh, and, and I think that Villeneuve did a great job in introducing this world to people who may not be familiar with it, uh, introducing us to the characters, and and also really setting the solid foundations of having a part one of a film. It, that 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 is the point. You know, it's it's not supposed to be a fully self-contained film, but I do think it works as a self-contained film for the, for the most part. Obviously at the end of the film you know that there is more journey to be had but i do think it is satisfying in itself as, as something to just sit down and watch uh i i really didn't know what to expect because we did uh we did watch the uh original <laughs> the, the original uh last year as we were going through that filmography and um and I was terrified to be honest. I was like, I don't know if this can be done. this this might be a thing that just is cursed. I don't know and and this movie really i was I was excited about about it because of the talent that was attached. Uh, and I was excited by the trailers that were released. and sitting down to to watch it really it, it did everything that I hoped that it would it it, it didn't leave me confused. And I was worried because the original film left me very confused about a lot of things. And, and this movie felt like it just laid everything out in terms of being able to follow where the story was going to go, because obviously in the second part, it's going to get much more complicated. And if you don't have a good foundation for who these characters are and what their motivations are and what the journey is supposed to look like, you're not going to succeed. And I think that this film succeeds on Pretty much every level, storytelling, visuals, sound design, score, the casting was fantastic. So it very narrowly misses out on my number one spot. Uh, Dune is number two for me.
2: I'm just going to get this out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Dune did not make my top 10.
0: Wow. Uh,
2: I think both of you having it in your top 10 is awesome. For me, the movie is a... If I was gonna have a home theater in a mansion, I would put this movie on to show you my surround <laughs> sound, my 4K <laughs> projector. But unfortunately for me, the movie I I don't even want to call it a part one, I call it a point five. It felt like half a movie to me. I didn't feel like it was a first half a movie. If it, it felt incomplete. And okay. before that though, I was left cold by the characters. I think Jason Moa is not playing a character, he's playing Jason Momoa i think there's nothing else to him outside of being oh it's jason moa a lot of the character stuff didn't work for me oscar isaac love the guy he's oscar isaac there wasn't enough for me to attach to timothy chalamet Uh, a lot of the character stuff just didn't work for me so therefore i was never really able to get invested in the movie i was gobsmacked by the visuals by the sound design Like I sat there in the IMAX theater, just like my, my, my chair is shaking. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like so epic, but I couldn't help but not feel anything for any of the characters or the story. So unfortunately Dune, I'm in the minority. (laughs) I I fully understand that a lot of people have this on their top 10 lists, but for me, I'm not going to say it's like a complete failure or not. Obviously it's not a complete failure. I am holding judgment on a movie in some ways until I can see the second part because I need to see that second part to feel like I know I have a full movie. So I am not I, – I still – there's a lot of things I like about it. There's some The scene where Josh Brolin is running out of the barricades and they're being attacked is probably one of the best scenes I've seen all year. It's just visually so stunning. I just need to see that second part so I can – make more sense of this first part. So for me, it was a little bit of a letdown.
1: I will say that's, that's the experience that I had uh, with Spider-Man far from home. I loved far from home a lot, but the ending of the movie, I was like, I can't tell you if I like this movie until I watch no way home. Oh, interesting. So, so I understand what Mm -hmm. you're saying where I was like, I can't actually tell you if I like far from home (laughs) until I get no way home. because Then I can judge the whole thing, so totally. I, I totally get that.
2: Okay, sorry, right. I just had to explain why Dune was on my top. That's it. Nah. I, I bet right. well, like, Ooh, if it's not one or two.
0: Well, yeah, because <laughs> I know, I I have a feeling I know what your number one is. So what I'm fascinated now by what your number two is. What uh, so what is it?
2: Uh, number two. Listen, guys, the same way you went and saw Dune, you were just happy to be back in the theater. This is how you felt with you know One Night in Soho, that theater going experience no theater-going experience tops Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm. It was the closest I felt to being watching Avengers for the first time, Infinity War, Endgame, but at a smaller, more personal scale. Like, you really got to see the evolution of Spider-Man. I am a Toby Maguire Spider-Man <laughs> stand from back in the day. They, what they did in this movie is what I wish they did in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Toby Die and Andrew Garfield that. don't just show up in the last scene of this movie, they are in it throughout the third act and they are vital to what happens to this movie. I wish that's what they did. In Ghostbusters afterlife. Cause th- it, like you said, in our review of afterlife, they just kind of pop up and they're there. I wish that whole third act of afterlife was reintroducing those old characters. And that's what Spider-Man did this on um, this movie on paper. doesn't work. It, it shouldn't work. And watching it the second time, it, I appreciate it even more. And I appreciate the script even more. The moments that are supposed to hit you, you know, right in the heart hit me even more. The second time I laugh, I cried. I had a great time. I hate the Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man movies, not because Andrew Garfield's bad. I think of anything he's proven. He's one of the best spider man because he almost steals this freaking movie from both Tom Holland and Tony McGuire. This makes me want to see him do more Spider-Man stuff. That's how, how great he is. This movie, it it, it finishes – it gives him an actual Spider-Man movie that he didn't get with the Mark Webb films. It closes arcs for that character that those movies were never able to do because they were so bad. Uh, I mean I just don't think I had a better time in the movie theater all year than when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. I absolutely loved it. It's a miracle they pulled it off. I can't wait to own it and watch it at home. It's awesome. And William Dafoe back as Green Goblin, that dude does not know how to give anything but 110%. Having him back, like Jamie Foxx was fine. And, you know, I think Thomas Haines Church, it was cool to see him, even though it was mostly a voiceover. But Doc Ock off of Molina was awesome. They, I, This movie just, it, it fixes so many things and makes things better that had issues with the earlier movies. I don't know, man. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about No Way Home because we never got a chance to review it, but I absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah, I I really, like I said, it it completely changed the way that I viewed Far From Home because Mm. I really wasn't sure if I liked the story they had told Uh, or how they ended that movie. I was, I was a little on the fence about a lot of things, and my response was always, I don't love it, but I want to reserve judgment until I see what the second part is, because clearly they ended on a massive cliffhanger of mm-hmm. what's going to happen, and I was like, this could go one of two ways. I'm either really going to love this, or I'm going to retroactively hate this movie so much. <laughs> um, and, and No Way Home, I really loved it more than I was expecting to. I, I was pretty nervous going into it just because of you know there were the the rumors and the leaks and stuff that that Toby and Andrew were coming back and that there was gonna be a whole thing and as you said J T on on paper that doesn't work on paper this movie's a disaster like it's it's a it's messy and and none of it ties together the way that it should and and you know people get their hearts broken for poor Andrew Garfield all over again um, but. I I do think that this movie ha- has healed a lot of those things because as I, I love Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, I always have. But those movies are so hard for me to sit through, and it mm-hmm. breaks my heart because I love him in the role. The role means so much to him personally. You could tell that that whole situation just broke him because it all he had ever wanted was to play Spider Man, and then it just was. It was such a polarizing thing so both of those movies and um and i really do think that you know in my heart he does steal this movie for me like it he he's so great in it and i i really think he's the glue that holds the other two spider-men together like as as a team i think he he's the one of the three of them that really makes the dynamic between all three of them work and um and as someone who grew up on the Toby Maguire Spider-Man movies and and really enjoys them uh but is not a huge Toby Maguire fan, I really appreciated seeing him in this movie as well. I think that um I, I think I was just emotional because I was kind of shocked. Like I didn't really know if we were ever going to see Toby Maguire step into this role again. Uh, Andrew Garfield felt like maybe it could happen because it wasn't such you know far history like it, it felt like toby mcguire had kind of closed that book And um, and the fact that we got to to see it made me really emotional. It's something that f- Felt impossible with with all the studio nonsense and all of the just just everything that has to go into making a collaboration like this work um, and, and I do think that Even though it's it's not a perfect movie. It's a bit it's a bit messy in places, but I feel like It's so full of heart and it's trying to do the right thing for the right reasons it's not just bringing these three spider-men together and throwing them on a screen like the story is there and mm-hmm. it's and it's doing the right thing and it's telling the right story because because they want it to hit you emotionally well I, that, at least that's how i felt i felt like they were really trying to tie up some of those loose ends and really give a meaningful story to both toby and andrew without just throwing them into the film and and i thought the ways that they that they did it were clever like the moment i realized how they were going to bring them into the film i was like okay that's actually really cool i love how they're tying this all together um and and i i really had a great time with it it was probably the one of the best theater experiences I've had in a long time because we got to see it in the states you got to experience a marvel movie <laughs> I did. in the states I in the did. theater which is a whole you, you don't get that vibe in australia Whoa. like it, even oh, for really? the big marvel movies it, it doesn't happen like that so i'm really glad you got to experience it there because it's a hell of a
0: We're very subdued
1: it's a hell of a thing yeah so there was <laughs> oh. a lot of energy in that theater and it Heck was yeah. it was I, great
2: i saw it twice opening weekend cuz i wanted to feel the energy Funny That's thing awesome. is we're
0: back, we've still only seen it once. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think the thing that saves um No Way Home for me is the heart. And I think that it wearing its heart so massively on its sleeve. And you say saves?
1: Yeah, he's so not as big of I,
2: I, I think. Just,
0: I, okay. I think there are look John Watts is the definition of a journeyman director. He is a. I am here because Marvel are paying me, and I am doing exactly what Kevin Feige wants me to do. I don't. I watch it, and there isn't anything in there that is filmmaker-driven. That being said, that's not a crit. That, uh, I do enjoy this movie. I had a lot of fun with it, and I was smiling and cheering while watching it. I just was a bit by
1: the numbers for you
0: it was it, it 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 was it was really we're hitting this point we're hitting this point we're hitting this point the fact that it wears its heart on its sleeve the entire time and and i think garfield i think the cast really save the, like i i think the chemistry with the cast and i think just the the overall good time that everyone's having mm-hmm. saves the filmmaking and the, and the, the flaws within the storytelling. I, I am fascinated to watch this at home. I it's,
2: am it's fascinated just,
1: to see it without a yeah. crowd. It
2: because it's interesting for you to say, like, by the numbers, because I felt this movie was surprising me. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen from one scene to the next. Like, if mm. I told you some of the things that happened in this movie, I would not have guessed that walking into the theater. Like, if you if you made me write down what do I think was going to happen in this movie <laughs> – I would have been completely wrong. Maybe I would have got one mm. thing right because everything I wrote down would have been like, "Oh, I did not see that coming." Oh, I did not see that coming. Wait, he's doing what? Like, so mm. without getting too much as far as even all yeah, no, the world has seen I, it by the numbers is a little surprising. <laughs> but I do understand what you're saying with the filmmaking. It feels a little bit work. You know, he he's I, not Sam Raimi. He's not one of these guys. Yeah, and, and you're and like I, Look I at think, the style. Mm-hmm.
0: I I think having like. Uh, Uh, The scene you're mentioning with When How They Return is a really fun scene because of the chemistry between everyone. But Mm -hmm. I think the way they do it, as in, like, still shot. Yeah, yeah. Really awful editing and just, hey, we're in a bedroom and it feels like an SNL skit. That didn't (laughs) work for me. But
2: I'm very curious what second t- viewing is going to be for you. I, I liked that's it more the thing that's going to
0: get me. I, I'm fascinated by how this is going to react at home. Yeah, when there's not a crowd, and there's not the cheering, and there's not the okay. excitement, and you and, and you're not what and you're watching Andrew Garfield sit there for ten seconds, go- waiting for the audience to stop. Interesting. No, all
1: right, <laughs> I, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. And it's not a stylistic movie, in my opinion. Like, there's no. no it's not Raimi. It's not. It doesn't have a a, a footprint of a style on it. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a common criticism of a lot of the MCU films yeah. that that you see. That it just they all kind of fit into the same yeah. stream. There's there's no real distinction in terms of, of a visual style or or anything like that. Which I think is fair. I do think that. The they're banking on you feeling that emotion. Mm. They're they're banking on you being so invested in seeing the three Spider Men on screen together, mm. and the and the three of them having the chemistry. Mm. And I think that's what has to be the driving force of the movie. Yeah.
0: And like I said, like I think it worked. Like, this isn't a bad movie. I, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I did thoroughly enjoyed it. I was mm-hmm. smiling when I walked out. You just I didn't love like, it. That's all. Yeah. I it was yeah. like, yeah, that's a good Marvel movie. I it's a but it's a Marvel movie and it felt like an MCU Marvel movie <laughs> that <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm getting over the formula. I'm starting to really yeah. Uh, guys, I need something new.
2: Here's Here. what I'll say: I, I agree with you, and what you just said—how it's a good Marvel movie—is kind of what I would have said about the last two Spider-Man movies. This mm. is the first, I think, out of the John Watch trilogy where I felt like it was a good Spider-Man movie, not just yeah. a good Marvel movie. Um, but again, you know what else is there? To say we could do a whole episode about this movie. <laughs> yeah, we uh, let's should've. move on. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's my number on.
0: two. Halfway through this, I turned to you and I said, Oh, this is winning Best Picture. Yeah. And it's West Side story. <laughs> I I loved this movie. I I I think what Spielberg does with this is not only completely re-energize an iconic classic, he makes he he just gives it life and so much fun. And I, I couldn't believe how like it's West Side Story. It, don't get don't don't have any doubts or hesitations going into this that you haven't seen this movie before. You have. It is West Side Story. It is a sixty year old movie done again, but like any great revival, it's just it 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 brings lot new life to it. And I can't put my finger on exactly why, but I was sitting there the entire time smiling and going, "This is this is new. It feels." Alive and and watching, even having watched the original recently as well. The origin, original is a great movie. It is a it is an all time classic, but so is this. And, and and I think the way Spielberg tells this story and the way that he manages to make it feel slightly different. Have, feel a little more authentic feel like it's in new york I, I i just i was on board with from start to finish once we um once we got to tonight i was oh i'm i i my eyes out I went, oh god this is yeah i this this is i literally turned to you and i said this is winning best picture it, it, it's going it's going to happen and uh, i I'm so on board and I love this movie and I know you weren't. I, I, and that's my fourth musical and I, I'm... Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, this was this would have been another great episode. I'm not going to go too far into this. I didn't really enjoy the film. Here's the thing. If you're going to have a great love story, I need to f- believe that the two leads actually like each other or have any chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> I felt it was a dud chemistry between these two. I didn't buy their relationship for a second. I didn't buy... She blew him off the screen every time he was in the scene.
0: That I will agree with. They
2: should have put a mannequin in there. I probably would have. (laughs) (laughs) I probably would have saw more chemistry. So listen, Spielberg could direct the hell out of a movie. There's no doubt Mm. about it. Some of these sequences in this movie are beautiful. It's fantastic. It's a visual feast. I couldn't care less about most of these characters, especially the two leads who, if you're going to tell me one of the greatest love stories of all time, I need to believe in the love story. And once I didn't believe in that love story, the rest of the movie, unfortunately, just isn't going to work for me up to that point. So that's and again, that's just me. Some people like, worked for, some people didn't. That's fair.
1: I'm I'm probably the middle ground of the two of you on this one. Um, it's it's almost made my top ten. Like it's it's around that kind of level for me. I okay. I'm about to I'm about to hang myself out to dry here. This is the <laughs> first good. time I've seen a West Side Story movie. Was oh, seeing this wow. in theater. That's fine. That's fine. So, uh, so there's that. But I, I, I enjoyed it enough because Spielberg is Spielberg. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even even a bad Spielberg movie is going to be well directed. He knows how to move a camera. He yeah. knows how to make things exciting. And, and so that in uh, in and of itself, I was enjoying seeing. Spielberg handle a musical and, and seeing the way he moves the camera and and seeing him set up a scene. I thought it was great. Most of the casting I loved. Like I think Rachel was great. Mm-hmm. And I think if you gave her someone that uh she wasn't repulsed by, there could have <laughs> been a great there could, there could have been a great love story.
2: Yeah. The supporting characters are the uh, best thing in this movie. They are, they're they the best things in the movie. Are.
1: And uh and I don't even think Ansela O'Gort has a bad voice, but you cannot tell me that there's a shortage in Hollywood <laughs> of of someone who had at least a voice as on par as him or better that that could also act to a bit of a high like I'm I'm just perplexed by the casting or like what happened in that audition that like convinced anyone that this was working there yeah. I'm, I'm convinced there were no chemistry tests no screen tests whatsoever because like she had nothing to work with when it when it came to those scenes that were supposed to be big romance scenes yep. unfortunately and as a person who literally has almost watched a hundred movies in january <laughs> trying to watch romance films yep. to work on a project I know what good chemistry does and does not look like. Okay, yeah. I've been through some some stuff this month expert. or January, <laughs> and uh, and and I've seen some Hallmark movies that have some better chemistry than whatever the heck that is. Um, but the music I really enjoyed for the most part. The supporting cast I think is great. Um and and it's it is the chemistry wasn't great. <laughs> it's a love story so like i'm still gonna enjoy it like a semblance (laughs) like that's just how it's gonna be for me so so it's there were parts of it i really enjoyed parts of it i was like man this really could have been an all-time classic if you would have cast someone else opposite of rachel like i really Mm. think it had the potential to be one of those spielberg all-timers and it just that one casting to Mm. me could have fixed so many of the problems Um.
0: It just and that's fair like I, it, it I sinks I, it from the get-go for me. It sunk yeah, it from the like, get-go. Yeah. Uh, to me, Elgot is the worst part of the movie. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. He he's is your colleague. I'm, imagine watching like, Titanic
2: if I, Shore I, I, I is playing Leo's role. <laughs> How he's not
0: all, okay. <laughs> it's not that bad. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty close, I, I don't man. think he's that bad. No, I, I just I, I don't like he is the weakest part of the film, but I still think it works and I still think he he okay. and Rachel, I, I think they do have chemistry, and I think that it is very. I, I think that the love story works, and I, 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 I guess I just love this story, and I.
1: Yeah, I think you've got some rose-colored glasses going on when it comes to the love story a little <laughs> bit, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I
0: just, think, I, this, I, I just I love think this. I
1: think you story. have some Spielberg rose-colored glasses on some possibly also
0: some Sodaheim. oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) like considering (laughs) considering we watched this like a week after he died like it was it was yeah Yeah, what time um all right jt i'm gonna let you give your number one first okay um just because just
2: because (laughs) because i think i know why all right number one this movie features the best supporting actor of the year Oh, God! <laughs> he won an Oscar before for another great film. But this movie, I think he single-handedly elevates it to my number one movie. We were in a team last year called the Finstock Exchange was led by one man named Mr. Bobby Gucci. So for me, the number one movie of 2021 is Jared Leto's leading performance, which should be a lead. <laughs> in House of Gucci. That's right. Ridley Scott is back. I'm kidding. That movie was crap. (laughs) It was not very good. It was a true Hollywood story. I'm joking. Number one movie for me is Pig. Yeah. Nicolas Cage. I think you guys knew this was coming. Have you guys seen this movie? No. We still haven't seen it. Okay, because... I was like, that, I was like, is this going to make their top 10? I was like, then I'm like, maybe they didn't see it. But I was like, no, they probably saw it. They probably nah. squeezed it in before the end of the year. But you know what? That's okay. Because you have a great movie you have yet to watch. I never, I don't think I felt more for a character this whole past year than I did for Nicolas Cage. And I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of wrote off Nicolas Cage. I didn't think he had a performance like this left in him. I know he's a great actor. He's won an Oscar, but he has not had a good track record. <laughs> For the past three or four years or however long it's been even movies like mandy where i think it's he gives a good performance but it's more about the atmosphere and the style of that movie he commands the screen from the very get-go of this film he every scene he's in he is dominating it this movie is a meditation about grief I think the joke about this movie when a lot of people heard about it was, Oh, someone steals Nicholas Cage's pig and he's going to have to go find him." They were making John wick references. This movie is nothing like that. It's like, it doesn't even come close to that. It is a meditation on grief on where your place is in the world. And for me, when I think about my favorite movie of the year, I always think about one or two scenes that stick with with me throughout the year. There's a scene where he goes to a restaurant and he encounters a chef that he used to work with that scene alone has stuck with me more than I think any other scene throughout the year because it touches on life. It touches on selling out. It touches on where you, sometimes how people will give up their dreams to do something that is just more comfortable. There are scenes in this movie where Nicolas Cage breaks down and it almost broke me down. And it's just a, such a powerful film that is not heavy-handed. It's subtle. It's beautifully shot. Alex uh, Wolf is in this, and I think he does a great, fantastic performance as a supporting character. This is Nicolas Cage Return. I think he should be nominated for Best Actor. I mm-hmm. don't know if he will be because I don't know if the movie got enough. I mean, it didn't really make much money in the box office. But he was on, he was on the um, – I think it was Variety or it was the Hollywood Reporters Roundtable – for like all the be- all some of the best actors of the year. I'm hoping that gives him a nudge because if he's not nominated for best actor, I think it's a crime. I, I don't th- mm. I think it's sh- it should be a deadlock nomination, in my opinion. I love Nicolas Cage. some of my favorite performances of his were like adaptation with Spike Jones. I think that's mm. one of my favorite films of his and one of my favorite performances from him. He does something different in this movie. He does something that I never really saw him do before, and I wasn't sure he could still do. And I do think he carries this movie on his shoulders, but if you, if you watch this film, he, he does it. There's, there's no faltering. The movie is like 90 minutes. There's no, it's not over long. It is perfectly paced. The style is fantastic. It's the movie that just stuck with me. Even though I saw it earlier in the year, it stuck with me out with me out throughout the year. It never got, I don't think anything else really came close to knocking this as my number one film of the year. So pig, if you haven't seen it, I think it's streamed on Hulu. It's, I'm pretty sure it's streaming on Hulu right now here in the States. But I think the Blu-ray was like $12 when it came out. I ordered, I pre-ordered it immediately because I was like, <laughs> of course, $12.99. It's even cheap to own on physical media. So just any chance you can see this movie and just get ready to be taken on an emotional journey. It's fantastic. I love it. Pig is my number one movie of the year. I can't wait for you guys to watch it. And you know, maybe you won't love it as much as I did, but I'd be shocked if you didn't really like mm. enjoy it.
1: It was really high on my list of movies I wanted to see because I really enjoyed the trailer and I heard people had loved it a lot, but it was just hard to see here. It didn't mm. come to theaters here.
0: It it did for like a week. And that like doesn't. That literally years. does not yeah, count.
1: <laughs> like there was not a theater around us. I don't think that no. was playing it for more than like a couple days, mm. and it's just one of those movies that was hard to, you know, Fine. to find mm. and hard to, but. We will get to it because it is <laughs> because it is a movie I've really wanted to see. Yeah. But when when you're trying to plan out a year of seeing new movies and there's a movie that's like, hey, go drive an hour to this one theater <laughs> two days out of the week to come mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that uh, that is definitely still high on our list of movies that we need to check out at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you'll even if you don't love it, you'll definitely. Re- You'll enjoy sections of it, and I think the the simple nature of it and the fact that it's more about grief and letting go and moving on, it just has very universal themes. that I think anybody who's lived <laughs> any sort of life could at least find something to grab onto and take away from it. All right. All right. I think I know what you guys... <sighs> I think I know
1: what yeah. So, so is. We, have, we, we have a joint. <laughs> we have the same a number A joint one. <laughs> number one movie of the year. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm curious I'm, to hear this. I mean, I'm I know what it is. I'm very surprised that we <laughs> both ended up here just because at the beginning of the year, I don't think I would have suspected this. I'm actually a little bit surprised by how much you fell in love with it. Um, but we are talking about Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Uh, directed by Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda, based on the piece called Tick, Tick, Boom by Jonathan Larson. This was a experience for both of us seeing this movie. Yeah. Quick question
2: Um, before you start. Theater or Netflix?
0: Theater. Theater. Okay. Uh, We were literally the only ones.
1: We were. We had the theater to ourselves. (laughs) It was three
0: o'clock in the afternoon screening, and we were literally the only ones in the entire theater. I genuinely shocked they actually played it. Okay. So I have no real connection to Jonathan Larson at all. Uh, uh, So I was going into this movie really pretty blind and I was excited to see it. I liked the trailers and love them. Uh, I didn't like the first trailer at all, Uh, but I I was, I was okay. Let's see how it goes. Um, this movie hit me in a way I wasn't expecting mostly because of where I'm at in my life at the moment. And I think that's kind of why it hit so hard. Uh, 29, uh, 2090, uh, sorry, thirty ninety 90 was, um, I still think about that song and that, that like you were saying that there's scenes this year that you remember this movie has three of them for me that mm. I cannot get out of my head. Uh, 3090, which is the opening song is one of the things that just, I cannot get out of my head. And I listen to that all the time and it's my, if it wasn't, if it was an original song for a musical, it would be my absolute, this must win best original song. Um, thera- uh, therapy, which I think is one of the most creative ways I've ever seen, a director do a stage musical while also showing the real life, uh, and then the final, and then louder than words, which just has stuck with me all uh, all year. Now, um, I think Andrew Garfield gives the performance of his career. I have never seen Andrew Garfield this good. I think um, I- I'm the one. I'm the person who screams and yells that he wasn't. He didn't win for Social Network, and he wasn't even freaking nominated. And I'm still angry about that eleven <laughs> years later. But he, uh, I think this is his best performance, more because he is able to get to the he 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 gets to the heart of Larson, and he makes you fall in love with this guy who is making the wrong choices constantly, or at least he he's not making he's making. What is perceived as selfish choices the, through the entire movie, and but at the same time, that's the point. It's he, the movie about him learning that these are selfish choices, but for a purpose, like for for something that is that he be, that of moving on to something greater, and and I think that I, I think the underrated performance that no one's talking about is Alexandra Ship. I think she is phenomenal in this and I'm going, that's I'm going to be devastated when she doesn't get a supporting actress nomination. Cause I think she absolutely deserves it. Um, I, I the, this movie spoke to me and where I'm at in my life right now, more than any movie this year. Uh, it, it will, it hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. And it, it I, I connected more with this film than any other that I was expecting this year. And I could just, I sat there in just complete awe of everything that it was doing. I thought, I thought Lynn directed the hell out of this movie. I think he manages to make a stage show that is inherently a guy on stage with two band members backing him up visually stunning and in and interesting and and, and entertaining and I, I I am just absolutely in awe of this film and I I loved it more than anything this is my favorite film of the year I have watched I I, I have listened to the soundtrack more than anything I've watched the movie t- three times now um, I, I I love this film and I could just continue to watch it over and over again and I'm going to be heartbroken when Garfield doesn't win the Oscar.
1: Taylor's we like, had, ditto. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we had very different... Um, we walked into this movie very differently. Uh, Jonathan Larson has always kind of been close to my heart, I guess, just because I love Rent so much and have loved Rent so much for a very long time, and was very familiar with his story because of that. Um, so I knew going into this that I was going to be wrecked emotionally because <laughs> I knew what was coming. Like I, I was ready for, for inevitably, what was going to happen at the conclusion of the film. But as someone who wasn't familiar with Tick Tick Boom itself, like with any of the music or anything like that, that was a nice surprise i guess that was a nice thing to get to experience for the first time with this movie but i definitely do think that it hit both of us emotionally the the same kind of way in terms of being personally where we are in our own journeys in life and having the theme of the film be something that you and i both relate to a lot at the moment um and and i do think that if Andrew Garfield is not playing Jonathan Larson, I I don't think I would feel that way. Um, As great as the story is, and as emotional as the story is just by itself, and as much as I love the music, I really agree with you that Andrew Garfield is Jonathan Larson in, in this movie. He puts on such a performance that you feel like you're watching this actually happened you feel like you're you're watching something that that you're not supposed to you know you're kind of spying on this on this thing that's happening and um and it's just you know again music is a huge thing for me and i feel like it's so well done and i feel like andrew garfield has great musical talent, which doesn't always happen when you get Hollywood adaptations of musicals, as we kind of just touched on a minute ago. You don't always get the best (laughs) singer in the room who can put on, you know, the the best (laughs) performance on screen. You know, that doesn't always happen. And I feel like we're so lucky as an audience that this worked out the way it did because, you know, I, I think that there are so many... People out there with this kind of talent that don't get those opportunities to to show us that, and I think this is just another step, another level in Andrew Garfield's career of showing us how how talented he is and and the depths he can go into into a character, and and you know, may, this, maybe this is my pitch, maybe. Bo Burnham, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> next me, next oh big gosh. hit musical. Maybe that's maybe that's my new pitch. Automatic but, number
2: one on both your lips Whatever <laughs> year comes out.
1: <laughs> but 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 I just think that it really hit all of the emotional points that it needed to for me. Was it was a big factor of this. Um and again, Andrew Garfield's responsible for a lot of that. He's a great actor. He he knows how to do those emotional beats. He clearly understands how to do that not only in in movies because we've seen that before but he knows how to do it in a musical kind of setting he knows how to bring the right kind of energy and the right kind of emotion um and and i really just like i wanted to love this movie so badly because i was so excited for the story and i was so excited about the casting and i had loved the trailers that we got and it's another movie for me that really delivered it, it did not let me down. It was everything that I was hoping it would be. We had a whole theater to ourselves to just cry <laughs> and not be judged by anybody. <laughs> it just didn't. We literally sat there in silence when the credits rolled for probably about two, two to three minutes yes. where we were wow. just like, we just didn't say anything. And we were both just trying to like gather ourselves emotionally <laughs> before we said anything. And, and those, mo- those moments are rare for me like when you have that moment where you just sit with it and you just gather yourself emotionally before you even can say anything about it and that was that movie for both of us i think
2: well i mean i saw Tick, Tick, boom and then i agree with you andrew garfield should get nominated i think he makes the movie in a lot of ways for me um out of all the musicals and there were a lot of them <laughs> i saw it last year this was my favorite of the bunch for sure mm. uh, i like the the way He's singing a song and narrating. He's like doing this on stage play, telling the movie the way it kind of jumps and forth. I thought the diner scene was really well choreographed, the way the, like the mm-hmm. people kind of came in and out. Um, so yeah, I, I really did make my top ten again. I I am saying this on this podcast. I'm I'm not a big musical guy, <laughs> so it's really hard for any musical to, to ever make my top ten list. I'm just biased. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I think it's very telling that I feels like both are number ones. I think has our favorite performance of the year. I think yeah. Andrew Garfield was your favorite performance. And for me, yeah. oh, Nicholas yeah. Cage's performance in pig was my favorite. So I really attached myself to movies where I could really get to know the character and I'm able to take that character's emotional journey. And for me, that was pig. And for you guys, it was tick, tick, boom. Um, and, that, and going back to some of the movies like Dune, like there was no sort of attachment for me in Dune. Where I could attach any of those characters. Like I could and tick, tick, boom, or pig same thing. West side story. I mean, Zegler was great, but I couldn't get into the characters, the main two characters. I couldn't get to them as a couple. So I really put a lot of stock into how much I'm able to be emotionally attached to that character's journey. And so I think it totally makes sense for me to have pig. You guys have Tick, Tick, boom that, Character story spoke to us more than any other movie that came out this year. So great pick, guys! I love that you're both on the same page with <laughs> that doesn't happen very
1: often. That really often. doesn't
0: actually like that, it's that, very yeah, rare. Yeah.
1: usually. We have a different reward yeah, movie. Normally, <laughs> like I,
0: I think just this year, that one just hit a little hard. And um, yeah. Well, yeah we very re- i mean nothing else was really in the same spot no our, all, our lists so. were pretty yeah.
1: like different but mm. yeah no that that movie was just oof.
2: hey yeah. it sometimes just hits you right i, I totally understand mm. uh, i'm excited for you guys to eventually see pig i can't wait to yes. hopefully you know even if it's a, mu- a few months down the road just we'll to get hear l- listen so, yeah listen well think
1: We'll watch Pig and give you our thoughts. I need to know your thoughts on net, okay? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, <laughs> I need to know because I'm so... Like, as someone who doesn't like musicals, I, I get yeah. that, but the The way that Annette is told, like artistically, and the like, I would just be fascinated to know I'm what so you,
0: is I, you. I can do. This is going to go one of two ways. He's going to come on and go, "Oh my god, Annette was amazing!" Like he and he <laughs> yeah. really loves it, and he's like, "No, it's such an original." He's weird... like, "I for,
1: forget the music. I don't care." Like <laughs> yeah, that's...
0: like just the sort. Or he's going to come in and go, "What the fuck was that movie?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see Titan? No, no, we never got it. Cause so,
2: talk about yeah. a movie where you're like, "What the? F- did I just watch?"
0: Yeah, I w- <laughs>
2: I would like to put Tatane against Annette and just be like, "What the hell was that?" Because so yeah. I think I think Annette is streaming on Amazon. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's on Prime. All right, I'll have to I'll check yeah. it out then for sure soon. Mm. Cause uh, mm. I'm always up for a what the f movie. Do you really <laughs> yeah. think? Do you really think Andrew Garfield won't get nominated for tick ticket
0: I think he will now. I didn't originally like when it, mm-hmm. when I walked out. I went, he's not like, oh great, tick tick boom's gonna join the join the club of mm-hmm. incredible movies that um, Andrew Garfield's done, and he's not even gonna get nominated. Um, he was nominated
2: for Hacksaw Ridge, right? Hexaw that was the, was the, last was the time. one
0: he was nominated for. Yeah, okay. But I'm still – I'm – it's – I'm still, I'm, it's, I. To me, the biggest snub ever in the history of the Academy is Garfield not getting nominated for
2: Social Network. Social
0: Network. I will. I will forever never understand it. It's the one I will just never understand. Mm-hmm. I. I, yeah. I do
1: think though that Tick Tick Boom has picked up a lot, that, and his performance has picked up a yeah. lot more buzz. I like, wasn't at the, expecting at the that. Right time. I
0: wasn't expecting Tick Tick Boom to get the because mm-hmm. again we saw it. The week it came out, yeah. and no one was talking about it. I, I, I was so, and that was to me the thing. Oh, no one's talking about this. Netflix aren't going to push it. Uh, like I would, that's where I was. I wasn't expecting it to take off the way it has. Like I actually think Tick mm-hmm. Tick Boom's going to get a, a best picture. Not. I am really I'm, like I, I think it's going to. I think it's going to sneak it. Well, we've got forcibly ten this year. Like they're back mm-hmm. to it, it has to have ten. That's right. I think. Yeah. I think it's going to sneak into that tenth, t- uh, a ninth or 10th spot. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, if, like
2: there's a chance cage doesn't get nominated and there's a chance Garfield doesn't get nominated maybe. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance they both get nominated. I it's I, I can't wait to see. Yeah. yeah when, um, when are they announcing this soon? It's uh, like Tuesday. Next week? Tuesday. 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 Oh, Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, so. we'll, we'll definitely talk about nominations on our next yes. episode. Oh yeah. We definitely, definitely. got to touch on that. Um, well, that's it, guys. We, you know, it's February. <laughs> we we, uh, we took a little extra time, but January was a slow month. Uh, this was a fun list. Uh, this was. I, I was really excited for some of these choices. A, c- a couple honorable mentions, I guess I'll say. Do you guys have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I got plenty. I'll just, we'll just list them off quick without really talking yeah. about yeah, it. No. Uh, Netflix's The White Tiger was a great film from last year. It had a Goodfellas vibe takes place in India. Um, I also really liked Coda. That was definitely close. Power of the Dog, very slow film, but mm. I, a lot of things I really did appreciate about it, especially the performance by Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, this is not a movie that I considered for my top 10, but Cop Shop was a film I had a lot of fun with last year. Mm. Uh, I think it's a really good kind of B-movie, Tarantino ripoff. Uh, if you get a chance, I would check that out. Uh let's see, is there anything else here I really want? I thought Boss Level was a pretty fun little action movie also. Uh, I believe it was on I think it's an Amazon Prime. It's like Groundhog Day with Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson is the bad guy. Very fun movie. Uh the other movie, a lot of people I saw, some people on the list was Judah and the Black Messiah, which is a great film. But yeah. some people counted it as a year before. I yeah, didn't know I, if I, I should or not. I didn't at the end. I, of
0: the day. I, I we, we
1: play year, we play by Academy. Yeah, uh, this
0: exactly. Year was, this year's weird, and I would, and I'm not going to begrudge mm-hmm. anyone who puts it on this year's list and mm-hmm. say, oh. It's only I went Academy Rules. I, I, I just think Academy Rules works. That's kind
2: of where I was with best. too. So I'm with you. And the last thing I'll say is a movie that we reviewed on our podcast. I thought King Richard is still a really great performance by Will Smith and a really solid movie.
0: Um yeah, I I you kind of mentioned my uh, Green Knight. Was is another one that just, okay. like was my number eleven. Like if you ha- if you take inside out, Green Knight goes in. Like mm-hmm. that's you know, uh, King Richard. Yeah, I, I look. I King Richard to me. I'm not going to be disappointed if Will Smith win wins because I do think it's he is incredible in that movie. Mm-hmm. The movie itself, I'm I, I think it's a good movie. I, I, I think it's enjoyable and I'm, good, I'm glad I saw it. it. Yeah. Uh, the other big one for me that didn't quite live up to me to the hype that I had for it, but it was still a movie I really enjoyed that I thought was, was incredible. And that's tragedy of Macbeth. I Mm. I really enjoy tragedy of Macbeth. Cool.
1: Uh, yeah. So I mentioned, uh, nightmare alley just misses out. If you put inside in, um, West side story was close. Quiet place. Part two just missed out for me. I loved that so very much. Um, part of they fall was a tough one for me to leave out mm. i really just can't stop thinking about how much i actually really <laughs> enjoyed that movie um uh i i had a couple that you know tragedy of macbeth was tough for me because i visually was so like just blown away by it um but it is a bit of a a slow mm-hmm. paced movie. Uh and there it you have to be in the right mood to watch that movie. And I don't know if I was when we watched it. Yeah, it's
0: it. a two-hour Shakespearean uh, film.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Tragedy McBath was right there for me. Um Licorice Pizza was right there for me, which I know is controversial, but it's fine. <sighs> um it 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 was definitely there there were definitely some some fights going on for those last couple <laughs> last couple spots for me. Like you know King Richard's right there spencers right there it's just it's i more went with like a feeling i think to like put (laughs) things in because it just i
2: think that's the way (laughs) to go man go with their feeling your gut reaction
0: but guys thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of film review weekly uh jt have you got anything you'd like to plug um I'm when you're listening
2: to this I I believe my may might not be out yet but I'm I'm going to be on an episode of Rotten Tomatoes uh, hosted by Mark Ellis and Jacqueline from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh we're covering the film The Suicide Squad. We're going to go on there and discuss whether or not the tomato score is right. I believe it's at like 92%. Click on that show for my feelings on that score and a fun debate. Me and Mark Ellis, you know, we we always have so much fun every time we're on a show together. So really looking forward to it. And yeah, Check out this podcast feed. We'll have some more shows coming up. I think we're going to touch into movies that we're most looking forward to this year, which is always tough because Mission Impossible would have been on that list. But mm. Mission Impossible just got pushed to next year. So uh, we'll take a look at the movie calendar and come up with like a couple of our most anticipated films of the year and the ones that we're just really excited about and maybe do a couple of fun categories. Movies are going to start picking up soon. Obviously, we're inching closer and closer to the Batman. That's going to be huge. Can't wait to do episode on that, but uh, yeah, keep tuning in uh, for some good movie talk. Tell,
1: uh, we don't have things to plug. Not currently. right now. Uh, <laughs> we're we're still slowly getting back into to doing things, mm. um, but uh, but I'm excited to be to be back rolling and doing this show, getting back into really talking about movies because there were so many to me, great ones last year. I have. Quite a few that I'm looking forward to in 2022 that I'm very excited to talk about. I'm very excited to talk about uh, possible snubs that we're going to be getting when uh, when the Oscar nominations come out. Uh, that that is a conversation I'm very much looking forward to and hoping that we can touch on that a little bit as well because that's going to be fascinating. But uh, I don't. I don't really have too much to plug at the moment. I'm just gonna go back to watching 100 romance movies a month <laughs> to finish this project I'm trying to work on.
2: Uh, I'll say this, and I don't think you guys agree. I was joking earlier. I wouldn't be mad at a Jared Leto Oscar nomination. I think oh he boy. was on the. He was the only one in that movie who was oh. doing what he was supposed to be doing.
0: Oh, and I don't if, <laughs> I, okay. I'm just gonna I, say. I really this
1: hope he wasn't the one that was doing what he was supposed to be doing because that's not the movie I I'm, signed up I'm for. I'm gonna
0: okay, real quick. Yeah. My villain origin story, <laughs> and I am not kidding. I will. Okay. S- thi- this to me will make me so angry at the Academy, and I th- a chance I won't even watch this year's Oscars if Jared Leto gets nominated for supporting actor over Jamie Dorton, I'm going to throw a. F- I'm going to break something <laughs> for Belfast for Belfast. I liked okay. I, 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 I Belfast. Belfast. I liked, be- I, I liked yeah. Belfast. I didn't love Belfast. I I, I I thought Jamie Dornan was the best mm. part of that movie. I think he is incredible. He is. If I could give best supporting actor to anyone this year, it would be him. I I think okay. he is the, I think he is the best supporting actor of the year. Um, I know Cody's most likely going to win it, but for me, I would give it to Jamie, but if he's not even nominated for fucking Jared Leto, I am going to be furious.
1: Oh, <laughs> I gonna I, be- I'm going <laughs> right, to just just a note to our listeners: I'm going to live record the <laughs> uh, that rolling out, and I will have the footage. Of Jacob just we do rage, it every year, rage so. quitting, yeah, we do it every year. <laughs> so look forward to some rage quitting footage when inevitably Jared Leto is nominated. I'm okay with
0: him being nominated. If he's not if Jamie no, nomina- uh, no, say- Dornan is also nominated, okay. and so is Leto, okay. it okay. won't break anything. Okay, good, no, good. my
1: village my villain origin story is him getting a nomination because it, if, yeah. because, because because to me, that's just the Academy being like, "Oh, we pretend like we care about good movies, and then we do this." So you can't, to me, you can't have it both ways. No, that's fair. So, no, I, you know, I, that's fair. Anyway, yeah. anyway. <laughs> anyway, guys,
0: thank you so much for listening to that. Um, we will see you next week when we uh, talk about our most anticipated movies for the rest of the year. Uh, until then, my name is is Jacob I and I have been joined by JTE and Taylor Robinson, and we will see you next time.